All right, we're in First John, First John chapter two. First John chapter two. I'm going to look at uh, verses eighteen down to the end of the chapter. I know it's a big, uh, big chunk of scripture, but uh, this passage deals uh, primarily with the same subject, and that is uh, warnings against uh, counterfeit Christianity. Warnings against counterfeit Christianity. And I know the tendency is going to be to think of everybody else that comes to mind that isn't lined up with Scripture the way that they should be, uh, when in reality we probably ought to be a little more uh, self-focused on this to make sure that what we believe is actually lined up with Scripture. Uh, So let's begin at verse 18. We'll read 18 down to verse 29. Uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out, that they may, might be made manifest, that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence, and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that every one that doeth righteousness is born of him. Now, there's a couple of terms that we need to kind of clarify just a little bit, and that's the Antichrist and Antichrists. Okay, for uh, over 2,000 years of Christianity, there have been those who would offer counterfeit faith as a substitution for the real faith. Now, in verse 18, John reminds us that Antichrists are coming. Now, that's different than, you know, the Antichrist. Uh, he's described as the false prophet, the evil being who will set himself up against Christ and the people of God in the last days before the second coming. Uh, the term refers to one who stands in opposition to or sometimes in substitution to all that Jesus Christ represents. Now, the term anti, a lot of folks see that uh, as uh, one who stands against Christ and and, and what we see with, with the Antichrist that we're thinking of when we hear the word back in the book of Revelation, 
Uh, it carries more the idea of the substitute, the Antichrist. That person is the one who will offer himself up as a substitute for Christ. Now, only John, either in the Gospel of John or here in First uh, John, John's the only one that uses this term, Antichrist. Other biblical writers will refer to this diabolical person uh, in several different ways. Daniel, in chapter 9, verse 27, refers to him as the prince who is to come. In uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, Paul refers to him as the man of sin or the man of lawlessness. Uh, in Revelation 13, 1 through 10, John also refers to him, to him as the beast out of the sea. Uh, so we know who that guy is supposed to be. But when we read here in verse 18 to 29 of Antichrists, that's not who we're talking about. Okay? John refers to the false teachers that are standing against Christ, coming against Christ, those that have left the assembly. John's real concern in this present passage is not for that big guy, the Antichrist that is yet to come, but the, the, the existence of many Antichrists that were present in this setting and that are still present in the world today. Many Antichrists, okay, is a reference to, the, to those Gnostic teachers uh, that were beginning to undermine biblical Christianity near the end of the first century. And they and their teachings are against Christ. They are anti-Christ. Now many believe that the Gnostic movement had died out centuries ago, but uh, the ancient Gnosticism has been making a comeback through the years. Uh, you know, it depends on how far back you can remember. The so-called Gnostic Gospels were very popular. Who remembers the Da Vinci Code? The book and then the horrible movie that followed. Of course, the book was horrible. The movie was worse. Yes. Uh, based entirely on the errors of ancient Gnosticism, the false teachers that John was dealing with. The Jesus of the Gnostics is not the Jesus of history, and it's not the Jesus of Scripture. And the world has always offered substitutes for the real. So, so counterfeit Christianity they offer as a substitute to the real Christianity. They, they offer a counterfeit Jesus instead of the real Jesus because the counterfeit, they can shape more to their liking. They can kind of nip him here and tuck him there so that there's really not a lot of conviction of sin or any moral standard that they have to follow. You know, it's hard to find or think of another time when there have been more evidences of counterfeit Christianity than in our day. And the counterfeit movements, you know, they're not trying to begin works from scratch. They, they are trying to deceive true believers by pulling us away from the faith. In verse 26, John says, These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Okay, that's other believers. The Amplified Version puts it this way, I write this to you with reference to those who would deceive you, seduce you, or lead you astray. Now, many are being deceived by false teachers, and the false teachers abound. There are hordes and hordes of people uh, that are teaching contrary to the word of God. Christianity is under attack like never before. Now, how can we recognize the real from the false? 
John gives us several characteristics of, of, of what is counterfeit, and then he gives us several characteristics of what is true Christianity, and we're going to look at those this morning. So number one, if you're taking notes, is characteristics of counterfeit Christianity. There's at least three in, in these passages, uh, characteristics of counterfeit Christianity, the first of these characteristics of these fakes, counterfeits. <coughs> is that they depart from the fellowship. In verse 19, you see that they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest, that they were not all of us. See, counterfeit Christianity does not come from outside the church. And this is important for us to understand. The lies from the outside are obvious. Lies from the outside, attacks from the outside, they are easy to see. The lies that start from within, they are, they are insidious by their, by their very nature. All right? Charles T. Russell, the founder of the Jehovah Witnesses, came from uh, the Presbyterian, Congregational, and Seventh-day Adventist background. Moon began as another uh, Protestant. Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormons, he was disillusioned with all churches. So he just started his own. I don't understand why the Mormons believe what they believe. Now they are good folk individually, but as a belief system, they are messed up. Um, I mean, the wife can only be resurrected from the grave if the husband calls her forth. And then she gets to be eternally pregnant, populating her own world. That's just messed up, sorry. The leader of Heaven's Gate, remember him, Jonathan Applewhite? That was several years ago. He was a former Presbyterian. They went out from what used to be solid belief systems. And them leaving showed that they were never a part of it to begin with. The second characteristic in verse 21 and 22 shows that they deny the faith. It says, I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is anti-Christ. He is against Christ that denieth the Father and the Son. Now, many in the 21st century find it easy to talk about God they're okay talking about God, but they have a hard time talking about Jesus. A while back, Tony Evans tells of being invited to lead a prayer at the Dallas City Council, but he was told that he, that he could not pray in, in Jesus' name, and he emphatically, if you've heard him on the radio, you know, he's got that voice, right? Uh, he says, I don't pray non-Jesus prayers. I, I kind of like that, really. You know, I'm, whenever I'm asked to pray, I, and I, I'm, not, I'm not asked to pray very often, because I don't get out much, you know. But uh, when I am, I don't ask. I just pray in Jesus' name. If they don't like it, they'll tell me, and then I won't come back. You know, it's just the way it is. One of the chief characteristics of a cult is that they will deny or they will depreciate the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. This passage reveals that to deny Jesus is to deny the Father also. So talking about God and not talking about Jesus doesn't, it doesn't work. Some groups like the Gnostics, the Christian scientists, the New Agers, all, all that stuff, they, 
they will deny the humanity of Jesus. That is, Jesus only seemed to be a real human being. Other groups, such as the Jehovah Witnesses, deny the deity of Christ. Uh, and in reality, all counterfeit Christianity denies the incarnation of Jesus Christ as 100% God and 100% man. If you want to know if a, if, a, if a group of people, if a church, if you can see my air quotes, uh, if, if, if some group of people meeting together saying they've got some spiritual purpose, if you want to know where they're at on the spectrum, ask what they believe about the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And if they don't say he's 100% God and 100% man, run, run away, run away fast. Recent years, thank you, appreciate that. Recent years we've witnessed the intensification of attacks on the person and work of Christ. The Jesus Seminar is comprised of really pseudo-scholars. Um, the Jesus Seminar denies Jesus as the Son of God. They deny his virgin birth, his miracles, his vicarious atonement, his bodily resurrection. And according to Scripture, these people aren't Christians. If they deny these things, they can't be saved. Yet, if you watch TV documentaries uh, on Scripture or the Bible or Bible history, uh, they'll refer to these folks and they'll call them scholars, but real scholarship is absent. I mean, modern Gnosticism, like what we've seen presented, it, it, it rejects Jesus Christ. And you can't be right if you reject Jesus Christ. Note that John says about these in verse 22. John identifies the person as a liar, as anti-Christ, as against Christ. John Stott writes of the person who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He says this, we must pronounce him the liar, the liar par excellence. Uh, indeed, he goes on, you can tell that this is the arch lie because he who perpetrates it is none other than the Antichrist, not the personal Antichrist who is still to come, but the living embodiment of the spirit of Antichrist. In verse 22, here he says, He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, it says in verse 23, the same hath not the Father. The third characteristic of a counterfeit is that they deceive, or they try to deceive, the faithful. In verse 26, These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. The purpose of this section of 1 John is to warn them and to warn us regarding those who would deceive us and lead us astray. And remember that the nature of this deception comes from within. It doesn't, it doesn't come from without. They are deceptive in that they have the appearance of true Christianity. But in reality, the, they, they, they deny what we call the fundamentals of the faith. You know, the Mormons boast of, of, of most of their converts being independent Baptists. That is sickening. It means those defectors never knew what they believed or why they believed it. Look at verse 21 again. It says, I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it and that no lie is of the truth. The only way to protect yourself is to know the truth. 
Jesus says in John, thy word is truth. You've got to know the truth. You've got to know the truth. So if any one of you starts leading anybody else astray, you know it. You've got to know the truth. Because if I try to lead you astray, you need to know it. And you won't know it if you don't know the word of God. Do we need to start a Bible institute? So that we can know what we believe and why. The second thing we'll see, the characteristics of true Christianity. Best way to recognize a counterfeit is to know the true. And you've all heard of the tired and overused illustration of the FBI and counterfeit money. Right? You've, you've heard that, that all they study is real currency, so when they come across a counterfeit bill, it stands out you know, because they've been studying the real so long that they recognize the false right away. Uh, well, I know it's old, I know it's tired, but it works, okay? It works. If we are to guard against counterfeit Christianity, it is because we know real Christianity. Now, what are some of the characteristics? These aren't all, but some of the characteristics of real Christianity. Well, first of all, real Christianity is characterized by an acknowledgement of the Son of God. Chapter 2, verse 23, the first part, He that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. And the word acknowledgeth means to say the same thing. It's not just to, oh yeah, sure, yeah, I acknowledge that. No, it means to, to, to confess it, to, to agree with it, to come alongside and walk with it. If you are in agreement with what Scripture says as to what it says about God the Son, then you're on solid ground. You know, the best way to defend against the cults is to know the Jesus of Scripture. One characteristic of a cult is that they deviate in some way or another, again, from what the Bible says about Jesus Christ. For example, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they deny the deity of Jesus Christ. They teach that Jesus was a good man. He was even a prophet, but he is not God in the flesh. And they deny then the bodily resurrection of Christ because he didn't have a body to begin with. Real Christianity teaches that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. John writes to prove that Jesus is all he claims to be, fully God and fully man, and anybody that says different is anti-Christ. I mean, this, this is the incarnation. Jesus was sinless. He was tempted like we are yet without sin. He is the atoning sacrifice for all our sins. He is our propitiation, the satisfaction of God's wrath against our sin. He shed his blood for us on the cross. And Jesus rose from the dead bodily. And he's been exalted to the right hand of the Father. That is, that, that, that's our Jesus. That's Jesus of Scripture. In the Council of Nicaea, uh, 325 A.D., they, they, they didn't develop the doctrine of, of, of the deity of Christ. Uh, they, they just affirmed what, what the church has already believed. And, and I'm going to read you just a portion of this because it, it is rich in the way that they say this. We believe in one God, the Father, all-sovereign, maker of heaven and earth, 
and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, begotten of the Father, only begotten, that is, of the substance of the Father, God of God, light of lights, true God of true God, begotten, not made, of one substance with the Father, through whom all things were made, things in heaven and things on earth, uh, who for us men and for our salvation came down and was made flesh and became man, suffered and rose on the third day, ascended to the heavens, and is coming to judge the living and the dead. They exalted the person and work of Jesus Christ. On the other hand, the Antichrist, the spirit of the Gnostic teachers, continue to reject and belittle the person and work of Christ. The Jesus of the Gnostics, the Jesus Seminar, the New Age Movement, that is not the Jesus of the Bible. And apart from knowing Christ as Lord and Savior, these people are eternally lost. Yes, they may be nice people, but they are lost, and all people need to know the Jesus of Scripture as their Lord and Savior. The second characteristic of real Christianity is, as we can say, is characterized by an abiding in the word. Uh, verses 24 to 26, look at it again. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning rem- shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. These things are read unto you concerning them that seduce you. Now what had they heard from the beginning? They had heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The so-called Gnostic gospel supposedly contained additional information about Jesus Christ, but these books were written long after the events occurred. And one of the reasons why so many professing Christians are being deceived is because they don't know what the word of God says. Don't take my word for it. Learn it yourselves. Know it yourselves. And I've told you from the first time we came, if what I say doesn't match scripture, your responsibility is to call me on it. But you can't do that if you don't know the truth of the word of God. We are to abide in the word. And John, John likes this word abide. Uh, it means to be at home, to be comfortable, like you, like you belong there. So be in the word like you belong there. Jesus said in John 15, 7, uh, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. You see, at home. You're to be at home where you belong in Christ. At home, comfortable, where you belong in his word and you will not be led astray. Real Christians abide in Christ. Real Christians are at home in his word. Our third characteristic is that of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You see it in verse 20 and verse 27. Verse 20 says, But you have an unction. There's a weird Bible word. It means anointing. From the Holy One, you know all things. Um, verse 27, But the anointing which ye have received, of, of him abideth in you. You need not that any man teach you. 
but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. If the Holy Spirit is not indwelling you, you have no ability, you have no capacity to discern spiritual truth from spiritual error. Every true believer has the Holy Spirit of God indwelling them. Paul wrote in Romans 8 verse 9, Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Now if you are saved, if you know Jesus Christ as Savior, you have been given, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Paul went, Paul went on in chapter 8 verse 16 in Romans, The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If there's no Holy Spirit indwelling you, it means you are not saved. No Holy Spirit means that there will be no fruit of the Spirit. No Holy Spirit means that there's been no no justification. There's been no sanctification. There's no spiritual life. There's no eternal life because that comes from the work of the Holy Spirit in you. The anointing in this passage is the anointing of the Holy Spirit is available to, it's given to every true believer in Jesus Christ. This anointing sets believers apart unto God. It enables us to know spiritual truth. It equips us for work, for ministry, for service. And if you have never been saved, the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit, He's not indwelling you. You're lost. There is no Spirit in you to bear witness to you. John writes all of this so that we can beware of counterfeit Christianity. Christians who preach another gospel. People that would pull us away from the truth, whether it's the devil trying to deceive us from solid biblical Christianity to to, to, the, to the pull of the world or our own flesh for something new and exciting. Verse 28 commands us, Now little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. In John chapter 6, verse 66 to uh, about 69 or so, John writes this, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. So Jesus himself had had a defection of followers. Verse 67 says, um, Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you also go away? You going to leave too? And we also, I mean, we we tend to want to kind of ride Peter because he was more of a talk now, think later kind of guy, but... He was usually the first to speak up. And he does so here in verse 68. But he does it and he gets it right. Then Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom? To whom shall we go? He says, Thou, Jesus, Thou, You, You have the words of eternal life. And he says in verse 69, And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That is our Jesus. 
John wrote in 3 John 4, I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. John is expressing here the heart of the Lord Jesus in these words. Don't be deceived. And the only way for you not to be deceived is to know the truth. See, the cost is too high to play at this. You've got to keep your eyes on Christ. You have to abide in Christ. You have to remain in Christ. You have to know and live the word of God. Then you won't be deceived. Then when the counterfeit comes, you'll recognize it for what it is because it's contrary to the word of God and you know the word of God because you've studied it and you've hid it in your heart that you may not sin against him. It's your only defense against the counterfeit. So what are you going to do? Are you going to guard yourself against those who would lead you away from Christ? Or will you jump into the word of God the way a four-year-old jumps into a pool and immerses themselves? Will you jump into the word of God engulfed with the truth of his word? That is your protection against the counterfeit. Stand with your heads bowed, please, and eyes closed. Father, we want to thank you for the admonition from your word this morning. And we thank you, Father, that the truth of your word is objective and it's solid and it's founded on your very character. We thank you that how we feel doesn't change the truth of your word. We thank you that other people's opinion doesn't change the truth of your word. So, Father, work in us that we abide, that we live in, that we're at home both in our Savior and your word. Father, help us to do our due diligence that no one be allowed to come in and lead your people astray because we have been so inundated with who our Jesus is that the people coming in wouldn't stand a chance to lead us astray. Father, work in us to make us those kind of believers, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Keith, would you come? Okay, 391. Number 391. Trust and obey. First two verses. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a Trust and obey. On the second. 
Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but a smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt nor a fear, not a sigh nor a tear, in a mind while we trust and obey, trust and obey. Amen. Join us for lunch if you can.
considerately. But I'm not losing as fast as everybody else, but I'm not sure I really want to lose that fast. Right. I want to be able to maintain as I go.
Later. Me so nice. Have you? Yeah. Or Yeah, my sister. sword and the diamond arrow because I came in the back. Yeah. Oh my! That's a mega VIP. That helmet? Yeah. It's in there. Just sitting in there doing nothing. Playing with us. Have you ever played Sky Wars? Jelly, jelly, white jelly. Why? Go back. Oh yeah. Jellies. Yeah, and you can't change your arms on here. What? 
Plus, could you change your face, your uh, clothes, and your uh -huh. hat, and your and the Hey, why don't you have? Why don't you be go on duty as a police officer?